1: March is National Kidney Month. 37 million Americans have chronic kidney disease, also known as CKD, and most don't know it. High blood pressure and diabetes increase the risk for CKD. Symptoms of kidney disease may include fatigue, shortness of breath, lower back pain, high blood pressure, or changes in urination. If you want to protect your kidneys or learn how to get tested, Fresenius Kidney Care can help. Learn more at KidneyRisk.com. That's KidneyRisk.com.
3: and on this episode, a scrappy group of teenagers fight off a monster, killing their high school classmates. Can Eleven get her powers back to help them save Hawkins? We're talking about Season 4, Part 1 of Stranger Things. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of the These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and love of my life, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin.
4: Hello, Rebecca. Rebecca.
3: Also with us is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of Dead on Deadline, Laura Bricker. Hello, Laura.
5: Hey, Dusty Buns.
3: (laughs) 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 And finally, our resident doubting Thomas, author of the City Trilogy, host of Strange Arrivals, and our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast host, Toby Ball. Hello, Toby. Hello, Rebecca. It's nice to see you guys. It's really, really nice. Nice.
4: Toby, how are you enjoying your uh, your week as a, uh, well, professional freelancer? You're professional
3: podcaster. Podcaster
4: and working for yourself.
3: No longer working for the man.
4: Yeah. Yeah, not working for the
6: man. Uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> you know, I just, I'm I'm excited about the projects I'm working on. It's cool to wake up in the morning and just know that's what I'm going to be doing. So, yeah, so far so good. Hmm. Good.
3: That's amazing. Maybe Toby will get to go to podcast movement as a professional <gasps> podcaster this summer. Oh,
4: wow.
6: Maybe Toby.
3: one of his podcast project people will send him there. Yeah. I'm going to be there. You're going to be I there? Just, I, just, I just got it. I have him doing a panel there that I pitched. You know what it's called? Where are the podcast critics? That's what it's called. We're right
4: here, baby. Oh, wow! I'm doing
3: a panel about uh, the lack of real podcast criticism in podcasting. Why people are afraid to take down critical quote darlings, and uh, why people like us are so rare in the industry. I'm really freaking excited. Who, about who else it. is Great. on the panel? I will be revealing that in time. But there oh. are some very, very good people that have committed. They are. The panel is actually already full and I just don't want to out them because I don't know if they would like to be named on this
4: podcast. Oh, wow. So that's an industry thing, but we do have an event for fans that they could come see us at, and we'll have more details later, but Rebecca and I are going to be appearing at Obsessed Fest. Yes, in September in Columbus, Ohio, that's, um, you know, if you're a fan of True Crime Obsessed, they have their own event and there's a whole bunch of people going to be going. So Rebecca and I have been asked and other than going to the drag brunch, I don't know exactly what we're going to be doing. It'll be fun. I think you have an assignment, right? I have
3: an assignment that I don't... I mean, maybe... I did, Again, I don't want to reveal it because it's not right. my program okay. to talk about, you know? I'm just very excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. And we're going to probably be booking some other stuff coming up for the four of us to do. So keep an eye on the calendars, guys. You now that events are happening again, and now that Toby's a full-time podcaster, we got to get that calendar full yeah. up. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Kevin, it is Thursday's episode. I need to know, what is coming up on Monday's Crime Writers On?
4: We're going to be talking about the new Netflix series, Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey. Yeah. If you love the fundamentalist Mormons from Under the Banner of Heaven, you're going to love the real life ones.
3: I mean, and by love, you're going to want to punch them in the face. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. Just going to tell you that right now. And you're going to want to punch him in the face. All right. Um, well, I really want to get to the review that we're going to be talking about this show because a lot to talk about. So should we just go into the upside down and get that done? Let's do it. Let's drop that first clip.
4: <sighs> what do you think, Mike? It's risky as hell.
3: Chances of success are 20 to 1.
4: Never tell me the odds.
3: The gang of friends in Hawkins is slowly growing apart. Mike, Dustin, Max, and Lucas are in different high school cliques. Having moved to California with Joyce, Will, and Jonathan, Eleven is finding it hard to navigate a new school without her supernatural powers.
2: You ruined my day. Oh, no. Did we
6: embarrass you in front of your boyfriend? (laughs) I want you to say sorry to me. And I want you to tell my boyfriend that it was just a joke and that we are really friends.
3: Or what? You're going to hurt us with your mean stare again. Though wanted by the KGB, Joyce and Murray pursue a tip that Hopper is alive and in a Soviet prison camp. His only way out appears to be gladiator fighting a Demi Gorgon.
4: We're not here to train this monster with swords
0: and axes. We're here to entertain it. And this food, this food isn't to make us strong. It's to uh, make us plump.
3: Steve, Nancy, and Robin join their friends to defeat a dark wizard who's targeting troubled teens and hawkins. Meanwhile, a team of scientists push Eleven to confront her past to regain her powers needed for another fight in the Upside Down.
4: I believe you two can return to your full power.
3: Your abilities are still in here. You just need
4: to remember.
3: In season four, part one of Netflix's Stranger Things, our heroes attempt to rescue Hopper, recharge Elle, and repel Vecna. The show widens its universe, adds depth to its young characters, and provides its scariest plot lines yet. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from part one of Stranger Things season four. So if you want to remain spoiler free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes to hear our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. An additional note, I am also the host of the Netflix podcast, You Can't Make This Up. Stranger Things is not a show we've covered on that podcast and being a Netflix freelancer will not affect my review. Okay, Lara Bricker, mm-hmm. this season of Stranger Things... Scary AF, yes or no. I had to leave the room on several occasions during the first few episodes of this season. Did you have to do the same? Well,
5: I mean, I had COVID while I was watching this. And so I just covered my
3: eyes, but I was cringing. I
5: was like, oh, ew. Like, I feel like it went from like 80s nostalgia and a little creepy like Goonies into a horror movie. And it was more graphic. It was like bigger, scarier, creepier. And yes, it was, it was a little much for me. I think some people are probably fine with it, but I am not a horror movie watcher. So there was parts of it that were just a little much for me.
3: Kevin, how did you feel about being the person who had to tell me from the living room when I was in the kitchen cowering what was happening on the screen? It sucked. <laughs> what did you think about the fear level of the season?
4: Yeah, I mean, it really kicked it up. I think this was a great season, but it was flawed. Certainly they lean into the best of the Stephen King teenage Angst by way of horror stuff. Uh, They remain, and by they, I mean all the kids, they remain on the outside. The adult world is not going to help him. And again, it's about maturity and what one must do to take their place in the adult world. That's always been the theme. They're on the outside and they have to navigate a new world before it takes them over. So it certainly goes into like classic teen horror mode.
3: Hmm. So, Toby, they introduced a new character this season that I was a little bit worried about in his first scene. And then I realized he might actually be the Toby Ball of Stranger Things. They introduced this character who's like a 35-year-old high school student named Eddie. We're the freaks because
4: we like to play a fantasy game. But as long as you're into band or science or panties...
2: Or a game where you toss balls into laundry baskets? You want something, freak?
3: He's the first metalhead representation we've seen in this 80s landscape of Stranger Things. And I'm curious as to what you think of this character, of the fact that he's clearly 35 years old of the fact that they are finally acknowledging the presence of drugs and teens in the Stranger Things universe and just the idea of Eddie in general. I mean, one of the most interesting things about Eddie is his connection to high school cheerleader Chrissy and then his witnessing her very extraordinary, scary, gruesome death and then his turning out to be the biggest cowardly lion <laughs> on the entire show after being the strutting peacock, scary metalhead on the entire show. I am i was very, very curious to hear your reactions to him, because as the only metalhead on our panel, I thought you might be able to relate to him the most.
6: I'm a metalhead.
3: Well, you do go to <laughs> Toronto to go to those metal concerts.
6: I went to a Metallica concert.
3: Well, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that count? I
6: Oops. guess I don't really. Consider do you have black a...
4: leather pants someplace?
6: No. No. <laughs> I, I feel like my my listening trends more. Grateful Dash. Anyway, that's neither here nor there for this discussion. Uh, yeah, I mean, he seemed like he combines, like, two sort of stereotypical characters, which is one is, like, the metalhead stoner, and then he's also, like, kind of the alpha dork with the Dungeons and Dragons, and, you know, he's kind of king of the misfits. So he kind of combines those two things. He, yeah, he's clearly like he could be Dustin's dad and maybe that would be a cool plot twist.
1: <laughs> but
6: yeah, I mean it's a, he's a he's a good character and I and I think he does, you know, they set up sort of the classic like Revenge of the Nerds type thing where they have like the good-looking jock and his buddies trying to track down the, you know, quote-unquote freaks, give them a hiding or whatever it is they they plan to do. He's
3: going to kill him. Yeah.
6: Yeah. So, you know, he's one of the better parts Of the season, I thought, but, you know, I I kind of felt those parts were few and far between.
3: Well, there's a lot fucking going on, right? There's like four distinct plot points and many, many, many characters. And, Laura, I was actually thinking to myself, did they introduce Eddie to the landscape because Mm -hmm. the California characters have now become the least interesting people on the show, right? It's like Will and... Mike. Jonathan
4: and Mike. Will and, and Jonathan, Argyle, who I actually thought Argyle was more like Toby, but yeah, Will I digress. And...
3: So they they send Mike to California. So he's there with Will and Jonathan. So Mike, Will and Jonathan are all now stuck in California with Argyle who's now sent there to like prop them up and be the only interesting one of the foursome. Yeah. Like they're the least interesting like part of the show and they used to be the most interesting. Like these used to be the main characters of the show. Yeah. You know,
5: it's interesting because I've been thinking about what it is about this because I felt the same way. And I felt like, okay, so we've got some new characters. Like the Aga character was like entertaining. I mean, there wasn't like a lot going on, but I was like, oh, here he is in his like pizza van smoking weed again. Like he's kind of funny. But I think what it is, is that we've had the charm of like the 80s nostalgia. And when we first met these kids, they were young and they were cute. And there was this like dynamic between these young, cute kids And they've all aged. Like we've been through the COVID times. Like this is, what is it? How many years since season three came out? And I feel like some of them have aged well and are
4: still interesting. (laughs) Some are awkward.
5: And some of them are awkward, but I feel like, and I don't want this to sound, but like some of them I feel like I feel like their acting skills when they were younger child actors didn't need to be at a certain level because there was, like, this, cuteness. like, childhood yes. cuteness that overcame it. And I feel like as they aged, some of them, like, I still like Dustin, Max, but the other ones I'm like, they're so freaking boring now. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Um, And I felt bad saying that because I'm like, but I just feel like some of what made this special in the beginning has been lost as – They've
3: aged. Well, that's why I think they've added new people. Well, yeah, who are they've special. added these
5: other. Well, yeah, they've added the other characters. They've added like that crazy guy in Elle's backstory, the
3: serial killer. But like Jonathan, I'm like, what did he even do in this he's season? the worst. He is absolutely the worst. He's a dishrag. He is the worst. And he's like smoking weed with Argyle. I'm like, there's nothing to him anymore. The best thing that happens in California is Elle getting the hell out of there After she crushes that horrible girl in the face with a roller skate.
5: Yeah, I have to say the Mm. roller skate scene, I think, was one of those scenes where we're talking about how this was scary. But that scene to me was like visceral. I was like, oh, I (laughs) loved it. I was like, like the crack. I wanted to smack her in the face. I wanted to knock her over. I was like, good job, Al. But like that scene, I was like,
3: oh, I don't believe in violence, but. Kevin, Angela had it coming. She
4: had it coming. Fuck her. <laughs> you know, <laughs> really, Angela. for for what is a, a a minor assault to have the cops come to your house and when they put you yeah. in the back of the car, leave with the siren going, then they put her in a van to go to jail. That drives through the desert? I mean, are they taking her to Alcatraz? Where yeah. are they where are they taking this minor roller skate
3: uh assaults are on a different level? They're like above felony. I felt like oh, they were yeah. just extricating Millie Bobby Brown, who's an extraordinary actress, away from all these boring ass people. That's what it felt like to me. I felt well, like, that's I felt like what a, it was. It felt like yeah. a rescue, it felt like an extraction, right? <laughs> I would rescue. rather ra- I would rather watch Millie Bobby Brown float in a sensory deprivation tank by herself, which we had to do. Than watch watcher with these people.
4: Yeah. I think that the the series just really just suffers when it's not in Hawkins. Yeah. It's really dull when they're in California or at least that group where they're going. The Russia stuff's okay. I just I kinda wish it didn't go Only on when for Hopper so is long. It was a people. little more focused. Yeah. Uh and we have seen Elle in the lab, you know, again, as the lab rat and you know, obviously, in We're episode one, that. she can't come in like, oh, I got all my powers. Let's go get the big bad. Then there's no story to build on there. So that was OK. But definitely when they're in Hopkins and they're trying to figure out who the big bad is and what he wants and all their crazy banter and shit. I mean, that's that's the show.
0: BP added more than 70 billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California. And starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: March is National Kidney Month. 37 million Americans have chronic kidney disease, also known as CKD. And most don't know it. High blood pressure and diabetes increase the risk for CKD. Symptoms of kidney disease may include fatigue, shortness of breath, lower back pain, high blood pressure, or changes in urination. If you want to protect your kidneys or learn how to get tested, Fresenius Kidney Care can help. Learn more at KidneyRisk.com. That's KidneyRisk.com.
2: Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series.
3: All right, Kevin, I think you should do some business now. How I'm about gonna, you do uh, your business? I'm going to do
4: it telepathically like Eleven would. Ooh. Okay, ah. okay. I can't do it because I don't have powers like her. She I'm doesn't have do her own it. powers. Yeah, yeah. I'm
3: going to do it like Eleven would, except that I'll actually, you'll actually fall down when I do it instead of that bitch Angela.
4: Oh, yeah, well, my I do have a nosebleed thinking about it. Uh, you know, if you want to get nearly 300 exclusive podcasts that you can't get anywhere else, you got to sign up at patreon.com slash... Partners in Crime Media. We've got all sorts of stuff there. The Crime Writer's on After Show, as well as Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave It to Bricker podcast, and our own Married With podcast. Yes. Now, for the summer, because we're going to have a slightly different schedule, want to throw a couple of special things on the Patreon. Yes. We're going to tell you now that the $10 level people, Mm. we're going to be doing a show where everybody can watch us live on Zoom.
3: Oh, while we're taping. While
4: we're taping. You get to see all the swearing, all the of mistakes. The, the coughing and the sniffles. Sometimes we take them out. Sometimes we leave them in for authenticity. We do? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. We'll ask our handsome line editor, Olivia Burdett, why she kept that cough in. But, uh, <laughs> and so that's going to be a special thing that we'll do. And People
3: can join us live while we tape the yes. show. So yes. so excited. Oh, yes.
4: It'd be in front of a live studio audience, but it, it, only if a studio audience is you in your house, Watching somewhere else yes. uh, in North America. You see the magic and happen. See the magic happen.
5: So I can't wear my pajamas. Sure you can. Why wouldn't
4: yeah, you wear make pajamas, it
3: man? You had to dress up to be on our fucking <laughs> Zoom taping. I'm not gonna wear pants. I'm not. Uh, okay, yeah, good. Then I'm it's, safe. It's completely okay. clothing
6: optional. Yeah,
4: yeah.
3: Fantastic. I really can't wait for that. It was a really good idea, Kevin. Whose idea was that?
4: That was your idea.
3: It was. I'm so excited about it. I was like, I was at a work meeting and I was like, wait, why don't we just invite people to come to our crime writers on taping? It would be just like this. Why don't we just do that? It would be great. And I yelled at you in your office and you were like,
4: <sighs> it's like, send me a memo, <laughs> put it in an email. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, so Kevin, uh, people should sign up for our newsletter, right, at, at CrimeWritersOn.com because it's awesome?
4: Yeah, Thursdays is the day where the Crime Writers On newsletter comes out. Just go to CrimeWritersOn.com. Give us your email. We'll send you the newsletter. It includes things like Crime Writers On. Behind the scenes, you get to see photos of the Cat of the Week. Also, you know, the Tweet of the Week and new merch we've got this week. We're pimping out the uh, the Owl Did It t-shirt because mm. now that everyone's seen the staircase on HBO they know the owl did it
3: 100% yeah mm. alright so oh, Kevin that, that was the most believable Kevin before yeah. we end the but business Toby section Toby keeps shaking
4: his head like a motherfucker well I he's gotta, yeah yeah. before
3: we end <laughs> the business <laughs> section Kevin um, do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week
4: yeah our Patreon patron saints are Yvette Gangu and Rebecca Salzberg bless you
3: Bless you guys. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon, along with all our other patrons. Join at the $10 level, and yes, you'll get to join us for a live Crime Raiders on taping. I mean, it's not live. It'll just get to join us while we tape, doing what we do. I can't wait for that. Uh, And Kevin, I'm going to go ahead and fade that music out right now, because thus ends...
4: Thus ends... The business business section.
3: section. Can you guys believe... That at the beginning of this whole thing, we did not like Steve. Toby, we used to hate Steve. Steve was hateable at the beginning of this whole thing. Can you believe it? Looking back all these years ago, we did not used to like Steve. Can you believe it?
6: That's why he's the best character, though. You know? I mean, I think... There's nobody else who your opinions about them change very much.
4: And then there's Heidi, Tara and I, but the problem with Heidi is that she's going out of state for college. So it's like,
2: do I really want to start another relationship that has no point other than sex? I mean, I just, I, mean, I don't know.
1: Does that make sense to you? Robin, are you listening? Uh, yes, I'm I'm What listening. did I say? What did I just something say? something about
2: sex with, with Linda. No!
6: I mean, he's the most interesting character because he's gone through transitions with the way you see him. And I think his interactions with different people. And I think actually, I kind of feel weird like reviewing this just because I think if you're watching season four of this, like you've got to be invested in the characters, which I am just completely not. Like I am out on everybody with the possible exception of Steve. And I think when Steve and Dustin sometimes have some like kind of funny stuff going back and forth. But quite honestly, it's like Steve and Max seem like the two most interesting returning characters to me and the rest of them. Like even L, it's just kind of the, you know she has changed remarkably little since the beginning. I mean, she still seems to have all the same kind of quirks and the same issues. And for me, yeah, Steve's like really the only reason I would perk up is like, oh yeah, it's another one of Steve's scenes. Wonder what's going to happen.
4: Yeah, Steve. I mean, the character. What a remarkable rehabilitation from being the high school dick. We were like, he is the guy that's got to get out of the way of Nancy and Jonathan happening and all that romance. And now it's like, totally flipped because like, Jonathan's away and is a rag and he's even saying like, I don't want to hold Nancy back. It's like, it's open lane for Steve to come back in. Oh, I'm but, so worried about it. But hey, Nancy's heart can only belong to one. Yeah, so, but I am so I don't know. I don't know. But I think that plays into the big finale that we're going to see in part two.
3: It does. But also, Steve is the only one whose appearance hasn't changed in any way. He looks exactly the fucking same as he did at the beginning. I feel like he's the one. Is he the one that's from Newburyport? He is. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He's from near, mm-hmm. right near us. So I have a gripping fear that is shared by many people on the internet. And this isn't spoilery in any way because it's on the internet and it hasn't happened. It's a guess, yeah. I have a gripping fear that Steve is going to die in the end of the show. I have a gripping fear because he's been re- rehabilitated so far and he is the hero of the show. He's become the hero of the show to me mm-hmm. so much more than L. And when I saw him get attacked by those fucking bird things and one of them bit him in his side exactly where like Christ yep. has his wound or whatever, I'm like, fuck it, Steve's going to die. Oh, no. To me, it's a harbinger. Like, Steve's going to die.
4: We already have a Christ figure on the show.
3: Yeah. But no, I know what you're saying,
5: because it's going to be like, he's going to die saving everybody, and then we're going to be left with, like, the boring characters. I I think one of the things about this, I don't know how you guys felt about this, but, and I get they're setting it up, and and I know how they're setting it up. Like, everybody that we care about, all the characters that we have followed for these four seasons, are now being split up on their individual quests which is going to be leading towards this big finale. But for me, like Kevin was saying, when we take the people out of Hawkins, it's not as powerful. So we've got the people in California. We've got Joyce and the paranoid dude going on there like Russian tr- with Yuri and um what's the other guy's Murray. name? It's not- Murray. You know, we've got the people in Hawkins, we've got the people in Russia and on one hand I'm like I get it. We're raising the stakes. We're like setting everybody up on their own individual quests towards this ultimate conclusion of this series. But for me, I think what made this series so endearing when it was still nostalgic before it became too fucking scary for me to watch was the relationships between all of those characters when they were in Hawkins and the mystique of the weird things that were happening in Hawkins. And I just feel like it's, like, gone big. And i like, is big always better? I don't know in this case. We'll see when we see the final two episodes. But I don't know. Did you guys feel
3: like that? Like, you felt like... I I felt like I didn't like everybody being... Yeah. Well, yeah, there was part of that. I mean, it it felt like a lot. But the parts that, to me, were good, I'm going to be honest, I thought were very good. I mean, Toby Mm -hmm. mentioned the Max storyline. Max was a character I did not care a lot about before this season. I felt like... You know, she was introduced, I love the actress, a lot. Sadie Sink is a great actress. She was I,
4: Cousin Oliver.
3: But I don't feel like they did it a lot enough with her in previous seasons. And in this season, the exploration of her trauma after watching, this is the only time we've seen on this show, someone watches something super fucked up happen, which all these kids have over and over and over again. And we actually see what happens when you watch something fucked up happen. So her, she watches her brother get, you know, sort of poked through by the tentacles And then, you know, sort of attributed to Vecna or whatever, but the trauma is obviously there. And it's the only time we see that in the show. (laughs) It's the only time we see somebody like coping with it. And Toby, I love it. I mean, Billy was a dick. Like, Billy was not likable even before he got possessed with the fucking thing. And, And Toby, the fact that she has to have this reconciliation scene where she's like, we didn't even have a chance to have a relationship and the grief, like... That's new for the show. I thought that was excellent.
2: I play that moment back in my head all the time. And sometimes I imagine myself running to you, pulling you away. I imagine that if I had, that you would still be here.
3: And even though, yeah, it was sort of in the veil of this fantasy of her floating in the air and, you know, listening to Kate Bush, which, you know, is great feminist in its own way. like. I thought it was good. Toby, did you not think that was good?
6: Yeah, it was good, but it it was good in that it stood out so much because it's just been ignored and everything else. And in some way, it just doesn't seem like it fits. And maybe that's what I liked—the things that I found best about the season were the things that didn't really fit in because at least they were new and different. Like what? There's like a pretty like intense and long and involved nightmare on Elm Street homage that goes through this entire thing like the whole plot around creel or whatever his name is i mean some of the scenes are just taken basically straight from the movie like when that cheerleader gets put up against the ceiling and yep. stuff that's straight from the movie i mean instead of getting her limbs broken in the movie she gets like cut up but um
3: toby you know who played victor creel uh, yeah show? i know
6: i know robert england yeah yes. so that was that was great i mean that that was like kind of the icing on the cake. You mean Freddy Krueger himself? Freddy Krueger himself.
5: Which is way too fucking scary for me to watch. Thank you very much. Nightmare on Elm
6: Street. Yeah, that was a a scary movie back when I was in 10th grade or whatever. So I just, you know, I thought that that part was really the strongest, was that sort of traditional, you know, kind of play on the 80s horror stuff, which I think was sort of what the original Stranger Things started off as, right? And then... The problem you have is when you go to season two, like season one was really about the mystery, like what the hell's going on? And then they figure it out at the end. And then season two, it's like, well, they figured it out. Like, what's going to happen this time? And so you're constantly like a lot of the mystery is gone. Your your questions about how the kids are going to deal with stuff is gone. Like they obviously can. So in this season, the fact that they're kind of moved, there's like this one sort of plot string that has almost nothing to, I mean, it probably ties in eventually, but up until now it's got very little to do with the sort of ongoing stuff about the upside down and all that stuff. That to me was the most interesting part of it. And with the football players trying to find Eddie and all that stuff like that felt like if you cut everything else out and just put that together, like that would have been a pretty satisfying series. I felt all the other stuff was just kind of like super long and mm. much longer than it needed to be and kind of boring and I was like I don't really give a shit, you know, about what's going on in this gulag or what's going on you know in the in the lab like at this length like if you gave yeah. me like 8 minutes of it like sure, fine. But it's just like oh god, we're back.
5: Yeah, well, that's the thing is that these episodes were so much longer than past. Like they were like over an hour. And I don't know if you guys have looked. I've I've looked ahead because I've been looking ahead to the finale. the The finale episode is like two and a half hours long. After the other one that they're having, so I felt like it was. Yeah, it was. It was very long. It was very drawn out. I kind of liked some of the lab origin story of Al. Me too. I I liked kind of seeing that oh, there were all these other kids, and this is how this program was going. And I actually really enjoyed when we figured out that the guy that was helping her was number one, and then we found out his story. And so I I liked that storyline, but I did think it was also like, I didn't like that we're taking Elle away from this group of her peers where we see her doing her like awkward interaction that makes her endearing that we kind of for me anyway I sort of like am drawn to this character who's learning how to interact in her teenage world and now we're like oh now she's back in the lab again like she could have gone back in the lab she doesn't need to be back in the lab that long Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like we've already passed the lab section but I did enjoy the backstory of that and sort of how that all played out and the house on the hill and how that all played out and everything. But the episodes were... Ex- now, granted, like I said, I was sick when I was watching these, so I was just like laying on the couch. I'm like, oh, boy, this has been going on a while. But they were a lot longer. And and what do you think? I mean, do you think that's because this is like Netflix's cash cow? So we're going to throw all the resources at this because this has been a really successful series for us. And we are going to do longer episodes because this is the final season.
4: no. Oh, this oh, I'm is sorry. F- no. There's a season five is the final season. Just FYI, I didn't mean to. Oh, I Go thought ahead and this question. was it.
5: Oh no, I thought this was it. <laughs> oh, God, look at Toby's like no, no more.
6: I feel yeah. like I've like almost I've seen like the summit, and just to find out that it's the false summit and the actual summit's like. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I thought this was the end. So, Kevin, I have a question for you about the stuff that Laura just said. Yeah. I personally didn't think the episodes were too long. I didn't. I thought some of the story parts were too long. I did think we spent too much time in the lab. I think that could have been condensed. And you sent me a note that, like, come on, Elle, get your powers back already, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> the backstory, I think, could have been done, like, in a different way without it being, like, like, come on, get your powers back. I did like the visual effect of using young Millie Bobby Brown because, you know, you had to account for the fact that she's, like, 18 now, and she used to be, what, 10? Oh, I mean, they first but started they actually
4: this. had a little actress. Yes. A young actress. Sometimes they did a digital layer so it was her face, but the that little six-year-old actress when you when you shave her hair it looks just like yeah
3: but they had they had to like they had to like magically like make it so she look at herself in the mirror I thought that was kind of clever yeah. but the gulag stuff there was one thing that I liked I did like finally we get fucking why not why hopper is so fucking cranky why is that because he went to Vietnam he used Agent Orange uh, his genes were changed, and he came home and had ended up getting his wife pregnant, and his and had his wife had a daughter who had cancer.
4: Right, but we got that in season one, though.
3: No, but like he, but he tells the story of how oh, it happened no. because he was in Vietnam using Agent Orange all the time. Yeah,
4: and I, I think it's fine to come back to parts of the the show Bible. to remind people. It trauma. a trauma yeah. a
3: tra- generational trauma story, and I just I just think that like it's one thing to be like everyone who gets close to me gets hurt, which is such a fucking overused trope. But just sort of like finally find out like why Hopper is punching people all the time for me was story wise very satisfying. My question is
4: not why he's punching people. It's like how come he one punch he knocks him out every time? <laughs> I told him once you, pound he yeah. goes down. Everybody goes down. Who's well, Hopper? The That's Russians. Like Fists of Stone. Fists of
3: Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just talk about some of the period details here? Because they okay. they we've we've talked about this in previous seasons. Laura, you sent me a note about uh, the therapist in the series. What were your thoughts about that?
5: Yeah, I just loved. So apparently this was like the therapist that the school is referring people to who has an office at school. But the kids are like going to her house in her like split level ranch and like going down in the basement where she has her office. And I'm like, that's kind of random. But I do remember like growing up in the 80s that People did do things like that. And I mean, it was particularly, you know, handy for Max when she went over there and needed to like swipe the keys to be able to at least like, you know, oh, where's your bathroom? Go up in the kitchen and just like hightail it out of there. So, you know, there was definitely um, things like that. Um, Also, I would like to mention the parents who have been oblivious for the first three seasons suddenly are like, where are the kids? Yes. (laughs) Why are you guys here all the time eating our food? I'm they notice anything happening with the kids because before this it was sort of like the parents and like charlie brown who are like mur, 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 who like don't notice anything and all of a sudden they're like what's going on and i'm like oh now they're here <laughs> and you- also i like the mom has like the new hairdo with like you know like the sweatband and like the perm and like the blonde hair i'm like oh boy
4: she looks like uh, Jane Fonda. Do you Jane guys yeah. workout? Do
3: you guys remember, like, speaking to the therapist when we were growing up? And like, this may shock younger listeners. Teachers used to give us like rides home from school.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: yeah. Oh yeah.
5: Absolutely. It would be like I used like, to go <laughs> to one of my teachers' houses after school. Like my art, because, and I didn't even know her, but like they were like, "Oh, you can't get the bus. You can go to Miss So and So Art Teacher's house after school, and your mom can pick it
4: you up." It would be, there. Like, and they like, wonder why Will disappeared. Yeah,
3: it would be like it would be like, "Oh, your mom, your mom didn't. You missed the bus. Oh, Mister So and So, your music teacher will just drive you home." And it was like, "Okay," it used, to, it used to happen all the time.
4: You know, one detail that I didn't really care for a period detail was they started using computers.
2: Maybe it's hidden in the code somehow? What you just said makes no sense. Hold your butts, I'll just trace the IP.
4: The, the I what?
2: The internet protocol address. It's a unique numerical label given to all information technology connected to the internet. What's the internet? Don't worry about it. It's just going to
4: change the world. Now, I, you know, obviously computers War games. exist, right? War games. And yeah, some people had modems and they knew how to use it. But one of the charms of setting it in the 80s is that you do not have the technology and the instant access to knowledge or other types of communications that you do today. You know, cell phones. So the best they can do is they've got to use these walkie-talkies, which makes it a little more fun. But the idea that, you know, oh, this VHS store would have a computer that they knew how to work. Jack. And, yeah, and like all of a sudden, you know, go through and didn't you
5: ever watch videos I liked
4: that I I liked it well what about when they go into the Wes Anderson Mormon house yeah with all the kids that was my
5: favorite oh my god that was my favorite Dusty Buns very strange oh my god Dusty Buns Buns well what I love is that throughout the series Dustin always has like this totally geeky girlfriend somewhere like remember like one of the past seasons it was like the girl he met at camp and he used to like go up on the hill and like call her on like the satellite that's her yeah that's her Oh, it's the same one? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a different one. Same one. Um, How much do you think Dustin is getting? <laughs> I know. I think this is a different. Anyway, but I loved, I just love that, like, you've got, like, total geeks that are the ones that you know are going to solve and save the day. And, like, I loved when she went into like, change his grades and everything. But that house was, like, crazy with all the kids running everywhere. But I'm like, I remember houses like that growing up in the 80s. But I see Like the hip, the hippies on the hill whose kids just sort of like ran wild and but Laura, whatever. You know, my
4: problem with it is when you're using the computer like that, it's a, it's just a shortcut to yeah. get for the exposition or to yep. get the plot going. Like, oh, I can just find this. We do it all the time with modern stories. That was one of the great things I thought about putting it back in the 80s was that you were freed from some of that. Now, they got to figure out how to find them. Well,
6: they did the microfilm. There's a big microfilm scene when they're... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that was good. <laughs>
3: Go to, yeah, that was yeah. good. That's how you know they're doing too much when they have to take shortcuts, right? Yep. But that's why they give those jobs to the boring kids, the ones who are out in California, right? The ones we don't want to see. We
4: don't want Steve and Robin
5: doing I that. I did like the scene where Argyle, like, rescued them in his pizza van, and they had to, like, fly away with, like, the law enforcement guy was, like, protecting them because they were all, like, battling over the, you know... And they just tossed him in the back and took off. And, you know,
3: dude. our guy wanted to put a gravestone on his dead body that they buried in the junkyard. Yeah. Toby, what were you going to say? Uh,
6: I just, you know, I just wonder if thinking about how everybody gets all split up. I just wonder, if, like, if they thought that the group dynamic wasn't going to carry things. Like you needed to break it up and have a bunch of different things going on. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a weird choice. I think it, it failed.
3: Well, you have a cool group and a, and a bad group. That's what happened, right?
6: Yeah, and that's the thing, is that, like, Mike and Will, basically, like, in the first one, it was, like, Will was the guy who was missing, and Mike was his best friend, so he's, like, more emotionally kind of involved in it, but it's not like their characters are super interesting.
4: Yeah. But Will is in love with Mike, right? We're picking that up, that Will is gay and he's in love with Mike. Yeah, that seems clear. <laughs> I mean,
5: they're just, they're, they're sort of flat. Like, I feel like the characters are sort of flat. And I do feel like, like we were talking about like separating them. It was like, we're thrusting everybody in this, into this like life or death critical situation. But eventually, you know, I hope where we're ending with all of these people in these four different environments is that we are all going to end up back in Hawkins. Of course. Going in the upside down. Because that's where we need to go. We need to go into the upside down for like, you know, the final whatever, but. Like, some of the characters just didn't—they were kind of flat
0: this season to me. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: March is National Kidney Month. 37 million Americans have chronic kidney disease, also known as CKD, and most don't know it. High blood pressure and diabetes increase the risk for CKD. Symptoms of kidney disease may include fatigue, shortness of breath, lower back pain, high blood pressure, or changes in urination. If you want to protect your kidneys or learn how to get tested, Fresenius Kidney Care can help. Learn more at KidneyRisk.com. That's KidneyRisk.com.
2: Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone, in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details.
3: All right, well, I think we should do what we do. Let's let our listeners know what we think of Stranger Things, Season 4, Part 1. Laura Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down? For Stranger Things, Season 4, Part 1. I'm going to go a
5: thumbs up. It's not like a hugely enthusiastic thumbs up, but you know what? I love Stranger Things. I will watch Stranger Things anytime it comes on Netflix. Anything that I didn't like about this season in terms of the character development, the way things were plotted, the way things played out are still overcome for me. Every time when a new episode starts and I hear the synthesizer music And I just get swept back into that 80s nostalgia feeling that I felt in season one. So I think even though this season to me was like bigger isn't necessarily better in terms of going bigger and bolder with like the horror plots and all these like really gory scenes that I had to turn away from. I would have preferred to see more emphasis put on like the nuance of some of the character developments and the interpersonal relationships. But I just love Stranger Things. I can't not love Stranger Things, even though there are things about the way that this season was done that I didn't love. It's just still one of my favorite shows on Netflix. Toby
6: Ball. So look, there's like four sort of plot things going on. Like You're switching back and forth between four different stories of those four stories, I thought three of them were lame and boring, and one of them I thought was was pretty interesting and If somebody wants to like edit it all up just just that one story is going and just makes it into like a two hour movie, that would be awesome. But there's just endless, endless stuff with people who I just don't feel very attached to in taking something that could have taken fifteen minutes and making it two hours. I just, I found myself kind of checking out during a lot of this. Is it, I have a thumbs down. I mean, I don't think Stranger Things to me, like the first season was great and kind of magical and kind of perfect. And then I think they've had a hard time sort of getting back to that feeling. And I think they briefly do in this one plot strand. But for the most part, I think it's, it, it requires you to really be invested in the characters to kind of stick with some of this stuff. And I'm just not that invested in those characters. So it, for me, it was a tough watch, which is a thumbs down.
4: Kevin Flynn. I'm going thumbs up. I am like Lara, a big fan of Stranger Things. I, I didn't think this season was perfect. Yeah, we had a couple of plot lines here that, uh, you know, were not as interesting as I'm sure that the writers thought they were. But when you focus on what's happening with the folks in Hawkins, uh, I'm all for it. That's where I think Stranger Things has its power. And, of course, you can't get any better than Millie Bobby Brown when it comes to looking sad and confused Hmm. uh, and vulnerable. And, you know, I could just, you know, watch her nearly cry all day long because she's just that great at it. Anyway, I feel badly that Toby Ball is going to have to watch more Stranger Things. And he's shaking his head this like, maybe I will be sick that week.
3: <laughs> yeah, he can stay out if he wants.
4: He can stay out. I think that uh, we should uh, ask people whether or not we should give Toby a pass. Mm, we could. The, We're going to invite
3: someone else in if he wants what out. What are we talking no, about? Fuck,
4: fuck that. Toby's stay. He's doing Somebody, it. It's Somebody's his job. got to tell the truth about this business. That's true. In any event, uh, I liked it. I thought it was scarier than ever. And uh, I think that they're going to land the plane. Thumbs up.
3: Okay, so here's where I am with it. I'm giving it a thumbs up, but I think the writers just need to acknowledge that the original Scooby Gang is has been replaced. The original Scooby Gang of like Will and Mike and L
4: wasn't even Will, he was gone. has
3: been replaced Lucasin. by Steve, Nancy, Robin, Eddie. The like, internet
4: loves Eddie by like the way. Like this yeah. new
3: Scooby Gang, like every time they add a new character It improves the landscape, right? It it improves, like, this new gang that's now in uh, town, whatever, is Hawkins, is the new Scooby gang. And let's slowly sort of excise the characters that are Jonathan, get rid of that guy. Like, let's excise slowly the plot lines and characters that don't work anymore. And let's just keep the chemistry, keep Dustin. That kid's fucking awesome. Oh my God. Can I, I, I know this, we're not talking about the plot, but there's this one tiny scene where Dustin makes Steve, like, asks if he feels bad that he has another relationship with another older guy. It is so great. Like, (laughs) it's, like, exactly what the show is supposed to be about. Uh, But anyway, that's the magic of the show. It's not just the story and what's happening, but it's also sort of the chemistry of the Scooby gang. And this show, this season, did a great job, finally, because it was sort of gone last season of recapturing that, but only because they introduced new people and took away the bad parts, And kept the good parts together. So that stuff I loved. And I did love small elements of Hopper's story. And I loved small elements of Elle's story. You cut 75% of the California stuff out. Except for the amazing Angela stuff. And I liked it. I basically liked it. Except for the parts that I was too scared of to watch. So I'm going to give this season a thumbs up. I had zero expectations for liking this thing. I thought it was going to be horrible. And I was really entertained by like. Most of it. So yeah, thumbs up for me. Uh, for stranger things, at least the first part of this season, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the end of it. I hope that I'm not landing with Toby for the second part of the season. All right, well, that's going to do it for us but before we go. Laura Bricker, do we have a cat of the week this week?:
5: We do have a cat of the week this week, and in honor of Pride Month. Um, our Cat of the Week comes to us from our friend Aaron Fox. Yay, Foxy! Foxy sends in Willow the Bernadoodle. Yes, Willow. Wearing their new Pride wear from Target. Yes, I saw that picture. And Willow believes love is love and therefore is nominated as Cat of the Week and therefore wins. Because I would like a Pride tutu like Willow is wearing so that I can wear it around when I get my scooter going again this
3: summer. So thank you for the inspiration, Willow. Willow is Briscoe's sister from another mister. Because yeah. Aaron Fox got Willow right after we got Briscoe. And we have been comparing our Bernadoodle, mini Burnadoodle experiences ever since. But then Aaron went ahead and got two other fricking dogs right after getting Willow. So she's got a pack of three like oh. baby dogs. Yeah. It's wild, including one sheepadoodle, who has dwarfism? All right. <laughs> oh,
5: my God. So, Briscoe perhaps
3: needs to get one of these pride tutus. 100%. Except I don't yeah. think mm-hmm. one of them will fit over his giant frickin' neck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we should probably end it there. And we will. Lara Bricker, if folks want to reach out to you and send you their animals in pride gear, which I highly recommend them doing, they will have a better chance of being Cat of the Week this month, how can they find you on Twitter? They can find me at Laura Bricker. And Toby Ball, folks want to reach out to you and agree with you on the gaping holes and horrible plots going on in this season of Stranger Things. How can they find you on Twitter?
6: At Toby Ball and H.
3: And Kevin if want folks want to reach out to you and say, hey, Kevin, I love watching you scrub your umpire shoes with a toothbrush in pictures that your wife posts on Twitter. How can they find you there?
4: I'm at Kevin P. Flynn. And if
3: you want to follow me on Twitter and see the many pictures I like to post of my husband brushing his umpire shoes with a toothbrush, you can find me at RebLavoy. Follow the show on Twitter at Crime Writers On. And please, 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 if you're on Facebook and you like the show, Join our group. It is freaking awesome. Just search for Crime Writers On. You'll find our page. Hit join the group. We'll let you in. The group there, it's freaking awesome. Support the show at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. You'll get our after show. You'll get Married with podcast. You'll get Lara's amazing Leave it to Bricker podcast. And you'll get Toby Ball's very smart deep dive book club podcast. Our theme song was composed and performed by Ty Gibbons. Our line editor is the incredibly good Olivia Burdett. The executive producer of this program is my hardworking husband, Kevin Flynn. This show was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio, otherwise known as Studio C, the closet in our New Hampshire basement, where we also constantly have Kate Bush on repeat. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you later as we're running up that hill. Later. Of these are their stories podcast, my husband, love of my life, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. What am I the host of? Host of these are their stories. Oh, po- no, 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 what? I'm trying. What? Host of your marriage.
4: Oh, okay. There we go.
3: So her, she watches her brother get, you know, sort of poked through. It's her brother. She calls him her your brother. Her stepbrother. Okay, whatever. Whatever. We have step They call each other their brother. All right. All right. So she watches Billy. Okay. Uh,
6: her brother.
4: Jesus fucking Christ